Turn up, tune in, get loose. Culture gang for the gang, yeah, we making moves. Talk it every day, yeah, we bring the good news. Culture gang, culture gang, we ain't never finna lose. Culture gang, what up? Culture gang, what up? Culture gang, culture gang, yeah, yeah, that's us. Culture gang, what up? Culture gang, what up? You are now tuned in, culture gang, what's up? Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? This is the Culture Gang Podcast. I am DJ Coldplay. Gang Gang is in the building. Yo, we are especially excited tonight, man. And I'm so excited that I just want, I'm going to just go ahead and just introduce my guys, man, so they can introduce it. Then we want to jump right into it. So, CK, holla at the people, man. Yo, oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Protect your neck, CK. Holla at the people. <laughs> What's up, oh, culture man. gang peoples? Don't worry. Look, we haven't forgotten about y'all. We still don't know what to call you yet. Yeah, it's a work Yo. in progress. We Yo, that's you. my bad, too. That's on me. That's on me. That's on me. You can't, can't say the gang we... members, I guess. <laughs> no, we can't say gang members. No, we, we worked that out. Yeah, we can't say gang members. Yeah, you know, consensus <laughs> said that, you know, your gang members wasn't a good look. So yeah. uh, yeah, we got to work, <laughs> work on that. We got to work on that. I'm excited. You know, I'm really excited, you know, just just looking and, you know, at at the guests, you know, what he's involved in. It's it's some big stuff. Big, big time, big time for the kingdom. My yes, sir. Indeed. Um, you know, definitely looking forward to that. What's up, Ra? We missed you What's last week, bro. On? Big Ra. Gang. Oh, man, I'm so excited to be back, man. I miss y'all. Oh, we man. missed you too, bro. We missed you too, man. I missed, yeah. the, you know, everybody that usually views, man. Um. It was a good episode last last uh, last episode, man. So y'all really held it down, and uh, I really appreciate y'all, man. Let's get it. This I'm excited about this episode. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Yeah. So you know what, Rob, man? Since 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 this is this is you, man. Since we want to we want to make sure we we put you right back in the spotlight. So now it's <laughs> on you, me and CK. We taking a break. This one is on you. So you go ahead and do your thing, Rob, because you gotta catch up, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, I'm excited, man. Let's let's do it. I need that. I need that culture game mug too, man. <laughs> yeah, that's another story. In the mail, yeah, in the mail. <laughs> I'm excited, man. That we got a special special guest coming on. Um, you know, we we're dealing with the the youth today. You know, it's a lot going on today, and you know the different things that our youth have to go through, um, especially in the city of Philly and in the surrounding areas. Um, so we got my pastor, my counselor, my brother, Pastor Rob Whitmire joining us today. And it's uh it's so exciting to to have him on and I'm ready to just get into it, man. This is gonna be a good thing. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's bring up Pastor Rob. There he is in the place. Here we go. Gang gang. Gang gang. <laughs> What's going on, Pastor Rob? How are you, sir? All as well, all as well, man. Thanks for having me on. Man, thank, thank you. you for uh, you know, taking out. We know, you know, you we dealing with two two other pastors on here, so we know that time is of the essence. So definitely, we definitely appreciate you taking out some time to talk with us, man. But um, like I said, this is Rod's show today because he got to catch up. So we gonna let Rod go ahead and take the wheel. Me and CK, we gonna sit back and let Rod take the wheel. We'll jump in as needed. <laughs> Put him to work. Put him to work. Right. They put me to work, man. I thought I was going to come back and just smooth, you know, ease on in. You know, no, sir. Not at all, sir. But no, um, yeah, man, we, we're excited to have you on, brother. And we just want to um, give you the opportunity to just kind of share your, your testimony and uh, how you come you came to know the Lord and just a quick background of 
who you are, what you're involved in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, thanks for having me on. Uh, it's a blessing just to, again, just to see brothers uh, who want to do the kingdom work uh, and again, uh, speak to the culture. Uh, and also with that, speaking to the culture, just contextualizing the gospel so that people can understand and know who Jesus is. Um, so yeah, just my quick testimony. I'm from Philly, born and raised, uh, West Oak Lane, uh, came up there, um, as a young person and interesting enough came from a household that was, it's very split down the middle. You know, my mom is devout Christian, you know, going to church every week, uh, choir director for 30 plus years. And, you know, uh, when your mom is the choir director, you kind of get roped into those things. Uh, so every Thursday night, you know, everybody's hanging out, throwing the football around the block, and I got to get called to go to choir rehearsal uh, to be a part of that. So kind of coming through that, right? But then the other side is my dad, um, he wasn't a believer at the time, uh, just kind of workaholic, uh, really just kind of did his thing. And I was just you know, I didn't get into too much stuff, but I was always in the sports. I was always on the block, uh, always just kind of hanging out with my friends and that type of thing. But then my dad would kind of, you know, Sunday morning was like, oh, do you want to go to church or do you want to go bowling? You know, like that was his hobby. That's what he wanted to do. Uh, and at that time, it was just easier to take the bowling route, right? Um, just to kind of hang out. Uh, but in the back of that, always kind of having that gospel music playing in the background when mom is cleaning on Saturday. And you know, back in the day, Saturday morning was cleaning, you know, and you, you wiped the baseboards down. Uh, you, <laughs> the music was playing in the background and that was just kind of how your world went. Um, so kind of always the seed was always there, but not necessarily what I wanted to do at the time, right? That wasn't the thing. Um, so I can remember coming up as a teenager and finally, you know, entering into high school, my mom pulled me one day and was like, Hey, uh, at one point you're going to have to make a decision. What do you want to do with your life? And at that time I kind of slid into, I was playing football. Uh, I was pretty good at the time. It was, everything was rolling, um, ended up going into high school. And as I was playing in high school, I can remember a friend of mine invited me to a retreat and, Interesting enough, he invites me to retreat. You know, he give you the form, what to bring. In the form, at the bottom of the form, it says, uh, I bring a Bible. And I'm like, this dude is trying to set me up. <laughs> but he was also the quarterback of our team. So go on this retreat. And this is kind of where the Lord, I really encountered things. At the time I was getting recruited, um, things were going well. You know, you kind of start feeling yourself a little bit. And I can remember we were on our way up to Quaker Town, actually. And we were on a 15-passenger van. We had just got picked up from a game. We were all sitting in the back. I was on the back row of this van. And as we are on the back row of this van, I can remember we were making a turn. And as we were making this turn, I can remember uh, seeing these huge headlights uh, coming at me. And I remember just kind of flinching up like, you knew something was about to hit you or someone was going to hit you. Oh, did I lose you guys? No. Oh, okay. All good. Um, I can remember um, just flinching up because you knew somebody was going to hit you. I knew I was going to get hit. And I can remember just closing my eyes at that moment and everything got really quiet. And I opened my eyes and the truck was on the other side of us. It was a fit, you know, 18 wheeler truck was on the other side of us. 
And the guy jumped out of his truck and we jumped out of the van and he said, listen, I don't know how I didn't hit you. I don't know how you guys are still here. And I can remember at that point realizing that the Lord kind of put me in a place of um, your life is not your own. Like I can snatch that away from you whenever I want to. You were in a good place, but you need to understand you needed me. And I can remember that night, the youth pastor that night who I didn't even know from a can of paint shared with me Romans 10 and that whole, you know, cause it was like, Hey, you know, they hit you with that way, especially in youth group, right? If you would have died tonight, where would you have gone? You know? And I, you know, it, for me, I'm like, well, my mom is saved. So I must be saved too. Right. Um, and then kind of getting hit with that piece of, you know, you have to believe it in your heart and you have to confess it with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Um, and that night gave my life to the Lord back in uh, October. Of, wow. 2000 and 2001. No, 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 I'm sorry. 1991. October of 91. And just giving my life to the Lord then. And it still wasn't real to me, right? It, it still wasn't. It was kind of like I came home. I was excited. I shared with my mom. And I'm like, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord and everything. It's like, and that next year I was going to college and I still was kind of really straddling the fence on, is this really what I'm doing? And I can remember being on a college campus, football practices happening. And I went through the whole uh, the whole season just kind of like, I don't know if I really dig this. I don't really understand. Well, the one thing I didn't say is I had a brother, a friend of mine who was in the van with me that night. And he confessed Christ as his savior that night as well at this retreat. When I went to college, he kind of straddled as well. And I got word while I was on campus that he was... He lived down at Hunting Park, actually around the corner from where our church is now, and um, shooting dice and got killed on the on, on the block. So it kind of rocked me a little bit, kind of rocked me a little bit. And I said, man, all right, Lord, I, I don't know if I really believe this thing still. I'm still wrestling with it. And I can remember we went on a retreat up into uh, Buffalo, New York, my first semester. And a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, I would call him my brother, he was legally blind in one eye. And we're at this retreat, and the pastor who's preaching at this retreat says, everybody who's sick, come on up front. And folks had, got, had been getting sick on this retreat. It was cold, right? It's up in Buffalo. Everybody goes up and prays, and we stay at the table. And I'm like, I'm not sick. You're not sick. That's just chill. And as everyone goes up, he prays. And when he's done praying, my guy across from me, right across from me, is like, yo, I can see. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, he was known to lie a lot. Let me say that he would joke a lot. So I'm like, dude, stop lying. Stop lying. You know? And he's like, no, you don't understand. Yo, I can see. And I'm like, no, seriously, don't, don't play like that. And well, because he was blind, he couldn't generate fluids out of that eye. And event while we're sitting there, I saw a tear drop out of his eye and my brother got his sight back right in front of me. And then from that point on, I was like, (laughs) Jesus is Lord. Like, I just, that, that rocked my whole world. And I came back, interesting enough, I came back and went directly to my head coach and I said, hey, I think I'm going to leave. I was going to Kutztown University. Um, I said, I think I'm going to leave. And I called my mom and said, yo, I think I want to go to a Bible school. And I ended up going to Cuts um, Center for Urban Theological Studies, in which now, fast forward 30, 40 years ago, um, we now own the Cuts building as a church that we are moving into. 
So the Lord really kind of just, he, for me as a hard-headed person, and some of you may understand is you, you just, we're just hard-headed, right? We want to do our own things and things are going that way. And the Lord has to really, uh, he has to um, reveal to us, right? We have to experience, and it's almost that Paul on the, on the Damascus road, right? It's like, you need to really understand who I am. Um, why are you persecuting me? And then all of a sudden begins to do something in our lives and those scales begin to fall from our eyes, right? This idea that now you can really see who I truly am. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, man, that was a, that's a really awesome testimony for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, fast forward, as you said, to how do you, then as you give your life to Christ and you continue to grow in the Lord, how do you get called to, to, to being a pastor? You know, what is, where does that come from? <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was not on my, uh, my goal sheet. That was not on the five year, 10 year plan at all. Um, so I came back and went, like I said, went to cuts. I was in youth ministry and I was doing youth ministry and music ministry. Uh, for roughly about 15 years and hearing my pastor and other people saying, man, they could see the call on my life. And, and I just refused it. So I always say I did the Jonah run for an easy six years. You know, um, I wasn't going to Nineveh. <laughs> I just, I wasn't going. Um, let me do what I do. I'm good. Um, I love working with young people uh, and I love music, but the whole pastoral thing now. So uh probably six to seven years in what ended up happening just um i can remember my pastor was even sending elders and deacons to come and ask me to join the the leadership and i turned down every one of them i was like no just let me do what i do um just didn't want that 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 call um and kind of running away from what god was calling me for so Eventually, just sitting down and really being humbled, and I can remember uh, my wife said, you know, you, you're doing this already. Why are you running away from what God is calling you to do? Mm-hmm. Um, and I had known that. Yeah, and I knew. You know, it wasn't anything that was a surprise. Um, and at that point, just surrendered to the call uh, to walk in to be the um, associate pastor, to be the youth pastor at the church under Pastor Manny Ortiz. And just kind of sat with him for a very long time and just watched just how this this man shepherded people, how he loved people. And I can remember him saying something to me a very long time ago. A long time ago. Sorry about that. Who He said, you know, um, a lot of people can preach. A lot of people can't um, pastor. It's a difference between preaching and pastoring. And he was talking about the shepherd, right? He's talking about shepherding people um, because we can all come up and, and, and drop a, 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 a dope message, right? And everything's exciting and, and you get people rolling, but it's something when you just had to sit at somebody's hospital bed. It's something about when you need to go and sit at someone's house where someone is sick or they lost someone or they're just going through depression and different things. And then you all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is not just about hooping and hollering and having a hot message. This is more about stuff Jesus would do, right? Walking with people, loving people, walking in, in relationship with folks. 
And that changed my life because that was really what I experienced from this man and from other leaders in that church. So that call, um, I think, was very loud at that time, and I couldn't walk away from it. So I accepted the full call to step into full-time ministry now, probably about 15 years ago. Wow. Solid. Yeah, um, and you guys can... Before you jump in, Steph, you was about to say something? No, I was just about to say amen. Um, definitely uh, feeling the part where you said this is about really walking with people. And, uh, you know, I can uh, concur with you as a pastor that, you know, it really isn't about preaching and teaching. It's really about, you know, relationship and really walking with people and uh, doing life with people. You know, that's how you effectively shepherd people. You got to do life with them. So, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely feeling that, you know, mm -hmm. I agree. I can't I can't really disagree with anything you said mm -hmm. <laughs> as far as that is, as far as that is concerned. Um, CK. Uh, look, total agreement. You know, it, it's my, my my bishop used to say all the time. There's plenty of people out there that can preach a better message than I can. Um, but show me how they're living. Mm -hmm. You know, where where are they at when you know when you're on your sick bed? Where are they when you need something? You know, what, what are they able to provide, you know, to help you with? And, you know, it, it's always it's always made the difference. You know, any, anybody can, you know, you can't just be a word chaser. You know, yeah. you, you got to chase after life, mm. that abundant life. You know, I appreciate mm. that. You know, a lot of a lot of what you said, like 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 Steph said, you know, it's, I can't disagree with anything. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm familiar, man. I, I'm, I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm, I'm hearing your stories. Um, I used to walk past cuts all the time. Mm. Um, <laughs> cause I grew mm. up in that neighborhood. I used to, used to yeah. play ball in summer league in hunting park. So, you know, know all about it. Um, yeah. grew up like two, three blocks from the park, you know, was there every other day. Um, mm. when I, be, when I didn't have to wash the baseboards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I get that, man. I totally understand that. Totally understand. Yeah. And I think that's the piece, man. You, you, you're talking about discipleship. And and again, I'm sure other questions will come out. But when we talk about discipleship and just kind of even hearing you guys and, and conversations with Ra, the whole idea of discipleship has gotten, I don't know, we it's kind of gotten lost in some places, right? We, we have come from a place where it's like, I'm going to disciple you. So I give you a book, you read it, and I'll get back to you in a week or a month. And then I'll hear what you got from the book. And then that we call that discipleship. But yet that's not how Jesus disciple. Right. So they got the word live. <laughs> but when John talks about it in first John, when he talks about the one who we I was able to touch, the one that I heard, the one that I saw, the one I was with, Jesus gave full access to himself. So how are we actually discipling people? Jesus allowed them to see the miracles he allowed them to see the 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 hardships that he gone through he he they were a part of those things and then all of a sudden from that piece then all of a sudden we see true discipleship come why because now i just don't see you at behind the pulpit right i don't see you like what lecrae talks about with your church clothes on right but yet now i see you on how you treat your wife i see how you treat people on the block I see how you treat people in every area and now it all comes together right now. It's like, Oh, this is the whole person. And that's where true discipleship comes. Yes. Sure. All right. All right. Pastor Rob, you about to start something now. <laughs> all right. You about to start something my now. Bad, my bad, Come on. 
You got too many passes on here. <laughs> you about to start something. That includes you too, Rob. <laughs> All right. But yes, 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 definitely, man. Um, man, I'm already digging and I already already feel like this conversation could go somewhere else. But we're gonna try to stay within the frame of time here. We want to stay within the frame of time. Um Absolutely. Um, before we move on, man, listen, if you like if you like what you're hearing, please like, share, subscribe. Culture Game Podcast is everywhere. All your social media platforms, all of, of your. I'm sorry, all of your. Uh, Jesus, audio platforms. We're on there, too. <laughs> we're on there, too. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to you know put that promo piece out there before we move on to the next thing. Um Man, so we talked about your testimony. Uh, we talked about, you know, uh, where you came from. Um, do we have anything in the audience so far? Any anybody got any questions for Pastor Rob out there or social uh, social media land? No questions just yet, but we got a lot of shout outs and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, we got uh, Brother Gary Shaw. Tell him I won't he do it. Fine <laughs> on that. You know, Brother Ron Tinsley. Tell him to represent Pastor Rob. You know, we, we, we've got our Facebook users talking about discipleship, you know, put it out there, talk about it. You know, your walk teaches more than the preaching. Mm. So much more, you know. Come on, come on, come on. You know, Sister, Sister Chris <laughs> sending some laughter our way. All right. Now. <laughs> Angel Rodriguez, discipleship is really intimatationship. All right now. Oh, that's a good one. Can I steal that word, sis? I need that. I need that. I got to put that in my vocabulary. First Corinthians 11, one, make sure your references when you put that in, in, in your uh, vocab. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, shout out to, to Pastor Love You Big Rob. <laughs> All right. Indeed, indeed. Definitely. Definitely. Um, Go ahead. Go ahead Rob. Before, before we move on, to the main topic um and man i'm first of all again this is this is a blessing having you guys on and um just sharing the talking about discipleship you know how important it is in real life and not just talking not just speaking but actually living life with each other so um i just want to throw that in there but um just another quick thing about um your you know your ministries right now talk about timoteo sports you know that's that's definitely um, uh, a great uh, opportunity for the youth that's in in Philly and the surrounding areas. You know what I mean? So what is Timoteo Sports? And just talk about the the purpose behind it. Yeah. So Timoteo is um, Spanish for Timothy. Uh, it was a ministry that was started probably about 16, 17 years ago. Uh, the idea, the concept behind it was really looking at the story of the Apostle Paul, who's raising up a young Timothy, uh, works with him, walks with him, disciples him, uh, and then mobilizes him, right, and sends him out with a charge to go and continue a gospel that goes and preaches sound doctrine. Um, so Timoteo was this idea, concept that came from a church that was trying to figure out how to keep their young men in their youth group. Um, and as they were, you know, they would come to youth group, but yet not be a part of the church, not be a part of the life of the church. So you had some pastors who decided, hey, we like sports. They like sports. Let's start a flag football league. Um, and what they base, and again, being from Philly, you'll understand it's, you know, my block against your block. Um, so it, then it became my church against your church. And then you kind of had this 
ripple effect where it went from, you know, 15 kids here, 15 kids here. And you had maybe about two to four churches that were happening in the early 2000s. And it just continued to grow. So fast forward, just so you get what I'm saying. We went from 30 kids back in early 2000 to now uh, 2022. We serve over five, 600 kids in the city of Philadelphia. Um, and the idea was the flag football. It was just about sports. It was about mentoring. It was about using this platform to reach young kids in uh, specifically North Philadelphia and lower Kensington area. Um, and over the years, it's kind of just manifest into this great thing that God has been doing. So what we do is uh, work with young kids and we kind of changed a little bit of our hook or our slogan is that Timoteo uses sports um, Timoteo has used sports as a hook to engage and impact young people in a holistic way. Mm -hmm. um, so the thing is, we understand that getting a lot of our kids, music, uh, sports, uh, technology, all these social media pieces, using these pieces to hook them in, right? It's not the main thing. The main thing is that we want to hook them in so that we can serve them in a holistic way. So ultimately they see Jesus, right? So, um, we are working with kids throughout the city. And what we're doing is we have like our sports leagues, they do a phenomenal job and our guys who run our sports league do a phenomenal job. Um, but what I try to do and some of the rest of our crew in the background is trying to get them and prepare them for life. What is life after Timoteo? Because Timoteo is a huge fraternity. Let me tell you that, right? When you think about the Kappas and everybody else. Like, this is a huge fraternity that I've been blessed to be a part of, didn't start. Um, and now seeing how uh, a lot of our young people are getting more and more opportunities, right? They may have started as a flag football player, and now they're playing basketball for us, or they're playing volleyball for us, or whatever. But then we get them uh, into places of college readiness, um, career path development, uh, leadership and discipleship. So we're doing, it's really a mentoring program that we use sports as the hook just to get them into it. So again, Timoteo has been around since early 2000s. Again, we're serving close to 600 kids. We're on track right now to serve around 750 by the end of the year. Um, and now it's it's uh, predominantly males, heavy black and Hispanic, um, and now females through volleyball that we're doing right now. Awesome. Definitely awesome. Definitely awesome. I love it. I love it. I think um, one of the first things um, I guess I want to uh, say is this. Um, one of our slogans for this season is bridging the gap. And I, I just want to um, ask you, um, how do we effectively bridge the gap between our culture and Christian culture? You know what I mean? Through through the through the lens of Timoteo sports and through the lens of what you do and how you serve. That would be my first question. I have a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think as we're talking about bridging the gap, what we're doing is I think we're we're bridging the gap in a way of we're creating something where, again, right, so it's no knock on these other organizations because I think they do an amazing job. When I think of the Boys and Girls Club, right, when I think of the pals that do things in our cities, they do an amazing job of doing the sports element of all of these things, right? Kids are drawn to that. The problem is we need to get, you talked about bridging the gap. There needs to be a bridge into the next section of your life, 
right? It needs to be so dealing with not just the physical aspect, but dealing with the emotional piece of it too. The emotional piece is that our kids are dealing with, so our kids are dealing with trauma multiple times a day and yet don't know that it's called trauma, right? Mm -hmm. They don't know that what they're dealing with, the fact that when I hear one of my kids say, yo, Pastor Rob, uh, before I come to the game, you know, the morning of, I got to go and take my little sister to the daycare. But as I'm taking her, I have to step over the drug addict who's dipping in front of my house. I have to shield my my sister from that, uh, walk over the needles that may be in the park that we're dealing with, take her to where she needs to be, and then come to a field so that I can play just to keep my mind off of everything else that I got to deal with. To get them to a place of understanding that for maybe the two hours that they're on our field, they don't have to deal with the, the domestic issues that are happening at home, right? Bridging a gap is saying, how can Timoteo take these kids and bring them into a place of refuge so that they can share, yo, this is what I'm really dealing with. And what we want to do is take them to the next level, obviously, which is we just want to land you at a place where now, hey, let me understand let you understand that it's not just the field that's the sanctuary. It's not just the field that's the place of refuge, but you know what? There's one who is the refuge, right? There's one who is the the, the carer for you. And let me introduce you to this person, right? So that you begin to see and understand why we do what we do. The sports is just the hook. The sports is the hook. But what I want to do is I want to give you an anchor. Right. I want to give you something that is going to uh, solidify just life for you and understanding that it's only Christ that you can be in that will ultimately give you the peace that you should have. Yep. All right. See, yeah, you, you started stuff again, <laughs> Pastor Rob. You started stuff again now. All right. All right. Uh, CK, uh, Rob. I mean, we, we have a question. I'll reserve mine. We had a question from Ron Tensley. Uh, can Pastor Rob talk about how do you disciple in an era where the harvest is right, but the workers are? Good question. Uh, that's my guy. That's my guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We talk about this, too. I mean, it's so interesting, right? So and, and this is my my piece. The harvest is so ripe right now. And yet. The workers are few, and this is what, and let me say this, I am really challenging the church in this, and I'm saying this as a representative of the church. We have gotten away from the place of, when I did youth ministry 15, 20 years ago, Ron Tinsley, who's just on here, or Angel Rodriguez, all these dudes did ministry, and when we did youth ministry, a lot of our youth kids that we served were unchurched kids. Right. You had the kids who are in the church and then all of a sudden you blended those those people. I've seen a church take a step back and begin to only serve church kids. And now when we talk about the harvest is plenty. When I just say it to you that we serve five to six hundred aiming towards seven hundred young people, 85 percent of my kids that I serve are unchurched. But it's very difficult for the to get the church to step out into these areas. Why? Because it's not in the comforts of the church. Mm. And understanding that if we don't begin to move and do what Jesus does, right? When Jesus hangs out, when he hangs out in the courtyards, 
when he hangs out on the block, when he's hanging out with people, when they say, oh, this dude hangs out with sinners. If we begin to do that, then I think and I think leaders need to begin to do this. And once the leaders do, then I think the church will follow. So in an era that right now church is not sexy anymore, church is not popular anymore, church is not even a place where people think is safe anymore. And because they don't think that, then we have to change the narrative and now go back to what Jesus calls us to do and gave us the example to do. And now go into those places where the harvest is like, because here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. A lot of these young people actually just want to know that somebody loves them. That's all they want. That's that's it. They didn't ask you to bring your Bible. They didn't ask you to drop a, 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 a sermon. They just want to know that you genuinely love them. And if that's the case, and we are lights that are shining in the midst of all the darkness, and, and we're saying that not only are we just the light for this Saturday, right? We're going to be the light consistently because we live in a culture and we live in a generation right now that feels abandoned. So they're like, yo, we know you're going to show up this week, but you ain't going to be here next week. Right. But what happens if the church starts showing up on a consistent basis, the consistent basis that says, yo, we love you regardless to what you are and who you are and, and what you're associated with and all those things. We're just going to ultimately just care for you and love on you right where you're at. Right. And in the midst of that, you know what? I'll be back next week. <laughs> I'll be back for the full month and make a long-term commitment because Jesus makes a commitment, right? He makes a long-term commitment to those who he serves. And yet people, the love that comes from Christ overflows into a place that begins to wash the heart of people. And I think that's the era that we're in. But right now we can't keep microwaving this thing. Man, Pastor, you talking heavy, man. You talking real heavy. And we like it. We like all of it. Take ye, eat ye, all of this. <laughs> Take it all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right. CK, go ahead, bro. <laughs> Got the comments coming in. You know, Gary, <laughs> Gary says, you know, step out in faith as most youth groups go. If you reach one, reach one, you've succeeded. Yeah. That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. And, 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 sis. Sister Cole says true. She deals with kids all the time. The only teacher that tells the kids that she loves them. She, she, that's how mm -hmm. she feels. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Definitely. Some, some, some fire quotes, you know, that'll be hashtagged on my, on my page later on. Young people just <laughs> want to know that somebody loves them. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's that's so true. That's always been true. Even yeah, when I was facts. you, that was the one thing. You know, you wanted somebody that you knew, you know. They need to hear it and feel it. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. Pastor Tom down there with us. You know, be there. That's right. Mm -hmm. Like flash of, not a flash of lightning. Don't just yeah. pop up and then disappear. Right. Yeah. Don't be fire. Thank you. Right. Be fire. Not like mm -hmm. a flash of lightning. Yeah, definitely. Amen. Amen. I know Amen. that um that that one of the things that I know that um it takes consistency, you know. And um, I think that's the overachieving theme that's happening, even in the conversation right now. It just takes consistency. You know, you can you can say because, you know, most youth today, they watch what you do more than what you say. They hear what you say, oh, yeah. but they watching what you do. Oh, it's yeah. like, you know, all right. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you, OG, because that's how they talk. I hear you, OG. I, I, I hear you. All right. Let's see if you're going to be here next week, though. Right. 
well, let's let's let you know when I'm coming in and and, and I, I don't got my my brains beat out of me because somebody's abusing me. Let let me see if you're gonna be here for me for real when it get real tough. Right. You know, right. let me see. If, let me see if I can cry on your shoulder. Let me see how much you really care about me. Right. So it's consistency, yeah. man. It's, you, it's it's really consistency. Yeah. And, and are you going to be are you going to get outside of your comfort zone? You know, because it's easy to just stay like where the church is at um, right now, just in the comfort zone of just doing what they usually do without going out and reaching the youth. And regardless of what it looks like, because mm -hmm. I think. A lot of times we get so comfortable in our own state and we stay there. And while we stay there, nothing is getting done for the youth. We're not showing that love. We're not showing that care. And like you said, the consistency, you know, is one thing to show up once in a while. But are you going to be there consistently? So I know I can count on you. I can trust you. Mm -hmm. Unlike all those other people in my life that mm -hmm. I can't trust. Can mm -hmm. we be that those people who that they can trust? So. Yeah, definitely. That's that that that's why we missed you, Big Ra. See, stuff like that, Ra. Mm. Stuff like that. That's what we missed last time. You weren't here, mm. but we knew what was going on. But we we missed that, Ra. See, that's what I'm talking about. See, Ra, Big Ra, don't let Big Ra fool y'all. <laughs> like I know I'm the voice, and you know, you know, me and CK, we 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 do we do different things. We laugh and joke, but big but Big Ra, he he really the brains behind the operation, though. Like for real, for real, he don't say he don't say much. But he the brains behind the operation. He he really be calling the shots, man. I'm telling y'all, Rob be getting on us when we out of line. Rob get on us, y'all. <laughs> <So, laughs> big Rob get on us. <laughs> but, <laughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Go ahead, CK. You about to say something, bro? Oh no, I'm just agreeing with you, bro. You know, Rob get on us. But you know, the comments are, uh, uh, man, they they lit tonight. They, you know, we definitely getting mm -hmm. a lot of response um, to what Pastor Rob is saying. Um, you know. Brother Ryan, once again, Jesus put in the work. Why shouldn't we? Um, you know, Jesus did it for three years and he went deep. You know, consistency builds trust. Indeed. Hmm. You know, it, it really does. Um, you know, when, when you think about it, you know, when Jesus started his ministry and he went out and got the disciples, they were all young. Yeah. They weren't old men. They were youth. They were what we would consider youth. Hmm. Youth and young adults. You know, so, hey, I mean, you know, just thinking. Uh, Brother Mark Ski out there, how can we, the church, do a better job at reaching the youth? I think we're going to jump into that very shortly. Um, let me grab these other comments before we before we get there. Uh, Moms is joining us tonight. What's up, Mom? Yeah, come on, uh, Mom. <laughs> we, <laughs> we can reach our youth when we meet them where they are and not sitting in the church having services and not doing the work. That's right. Step out of the comfort zone. Um, get comfortable in the chaos, um, what my old youth leader used to say. Um, a fatherless generation needs mentors, um, indeed. Yeah. And, and the church has gotten caught up in service instead of ministry. And I know she means the service in the walls, hmm. indeed. And and, hmm. and Angel, um, another question there. What, was there anything you wish you could have done better as a youth leader? Hmm. Oh. Ah. So we got two questions on the table. How can the church do a better job at reaching the youth? And is there anything you, Pastor Rob, you know, feel like you could have done better as a youth leader? Yeah. I think the first one will tie into the second. Um, I think the first question is what, what can the church do? Uh, I think sometimes we get very uh, programmatic. Um, we get to the thing of we can 
you know, we want to have every type of program within the church because of that's just the way it's always been. Um, and then what happens, and I believe one of um, the sisters said earlier, is we get so caught up in the service. So because of the program, we, we put all of our energy into the program and into what's going to happen. And we're satisfied if the, the, I don't know, the 10, the 30, the 40 people show up and, and that went off well. The problem is kids are still out on the block or kids are still disconnected from what's actually happening to the church because maybe that program didn't fit them. Maybe it didn't speak to them, so they didn't show up. So then all of a sudden there, uh, there's an avoidance, there's an absence of, of, of neglect that we didn't serve those young people, but yet we pulled off the, I don't know, whatever, the, the, the tea party at the church or whatever you were trying to do. And great, praise God. You know, it used it, it touched somebody's heart. And I'm not saying get rid of those things, but I'm saying when we over <laughs> exhort ourselves into that place of we're serving so much into the program and not actually following the spirit. What is God calling us to do? What is God calling us to do? I think a lot of times we plan without praying, right? So the plan is because I've been thinking on this thing for a long period of time. I've been sitting with this thing for a long period of time. I have a journal of what I really want to see the five-year goal is. But yet at the same time, have I taken just as much time of praying and saying, God, is this what you want me to do? How do you want me to reach the young person versus just putting on a program just because we've always done that? Right. It's always been a part of the church. So we continue to do that. So then what happens is the church forgets about right, the widow, forgets about the poor, forgets about those things that are outside of the program and now not being led by the spirit. I'm just caught up in what the structure is. And I think that's where we kind of slip in. And I think for myself, I think for myself, even as a youth pastor for those years, I wish I would. Now, I would say this. I went deep with a lot of young people, deep into lives and deep with kind of situations that they've had. But then I wish I would have spent more time with some because I see, you know, you've seen a lot of young people who you mentor to walk with for a, a, you know, a long period of time and they're not serving the Lord right now. Right now you can. I That's not taking that on myself and saying, oh, I could have did a better job. Right. Well, I, I pray that I did the best that I could, but I know there were some areas that I was weak in that I know that the Lord could have uh, been tapping me on the shoulder and saying, go a little deeper now at this point or this situation. Make yourself a little bit more transparent to say that you're struggling in this area, just like this young person is struggling in that area. And I think some, you know, again, we talked about consistency, especially dealing with young people, real recognize real. You know, so the whole idea, young, the young cats now will step back and be like, nah, you're not really about this. And I think that's the place where I've grown to say, well, listen, I'm going to just let it all out because eventually you're going to let it all out. But you won't begin to let it out until you see that I can, that you can trust me with your life. Right. I'm going to be honest with you. No judgment here, but I need you to understand my brokenness. You, I need you to understand that I'm flawed, that I got warts just like the next person, that I'm sinful by nature. But then there's one who's decided to take this broken vessel and use him for his good purpose. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Amen. 
Amen. Man, we kind of we kind of like flew right on into the main topic without even really having to introduce it for real, for real. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Um, all right. I, I have uh, one question and this is going back to Tim Mateo real quick because I just wanted to I wanted to make sure I wanted to really hear what you wanted to have. Pastor, I really want to hear what you have to say. It's a two part question. Um, let me go ahead and pick up my little piece of paper because, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So. Um, Going back to Tim and Taylor sports, um, why is sports why is sports the vehicle that most black children and yes, I'm I'm singling out black children. I know it's just not black children, but yeah, I yeah, am yeah. singling it out. Why is why is sports the vehicle that most black children turn to? That's the first part. The second part is, what is it about sports that grabs children and parents so much as opposed to pushing for more academic achievement? Yeah, I think we. And and I would say this in a in an urban culture, right? In in our in our urban culture, we have gotten uh, everything from the music to the movies, right? To all of these things that have commercialized it. I think sports was always a, a, a grassroots thing that we all gravitated to. Whether you played ball, uh, basketball, what I mean by ball, um, football, track, whatever you did. You just gravitate because you end up doing it, right? As a young person, uh, 80s, 90s kids, we we played in the street. We That was the norm. It was, you know, the, the game systems did come out, but we were on the block throwing the football around or playing baseball or playing basketball on crates, right? Like we made <laughs> games happen um, and we wanted to be the best on the block and we wanted your block to be the next block. So I think in the early stages, that's really where it was. And I think as we begin to come up and seeing it through movies, right, all of a sudden you have movies like He Got Game and uh, whether, what was the other one, Above the Rim. And you got all these movies that come out like, yo, I want to be like them. Why? Because in our minds or in this culture, the urban culture, it was that was my way out. That's my way out. That's my ticket. Right. You got to make it. Boys in the hood. The whole idea. Right. Ricky had to make it in order to get out the hood. And I think what we've seen is that movement, that shift to see young people use sports as a way of getting out the hood, getting out of their situations, getting out of their households that may not be healthy. And that was the golden ticket. Later on, what happened was let me let me jump into music. Let me jump into different things to do what? to try to be the best rapper who could get out of the hood, to get punch the ticket so I can keep it moving. I think what has happened in that is this, is that now because that that feels like the hood, Timoteo is trying to change that narrative as well. Because one thing that I share with my whole staff is this. I want kids to come through, and don't get me wrong, we get some really top-level athletes who come through our program. I mean, really good athletes. But here's my thing is, I want that kid to come through, use sports as a vehicle to do what you want to do. But here's the twist of the story. I want you to I want you to take that. Maybe you can get to college. Maybe you can go somewhere. We can help you get to college. We can help you get to any place you want to do. But I don't want you. I want you to leave the hood temporarily to go get educated, get resourced, get poured into, get everything, you, everything that you need and God is, has for you. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to come back to the hood to bring transformation to the hood. 
because the thing is, if you just make it and you made it out of the hood and all of a sudden you graduated and everything is great and you leave, then how does the hood ever get transformed? As the black and brown young man or, or even female who wants to do these things, I believe that even sports could be a vehicle that helps transform the community in which you came out of. So I don't know if that answers your first question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the second piece, I think the education side, I think using it also just to say that that's just a part of, right? That this is a piece of what you're doing. And we want you to be able to go out and get an education, become whoever you want to be. And here's the thing, in coming up and again, 80s, 90s kids, the idea was everybody needs to go to college. Everybody needs to go to college. And if you don't go to college, man, you didn't really make it. I think that's changed as well. So we created a thing called the, the, the uh, playbook. And the playbook is basically a three, almost like a three tree stem. And the idea is that some kids want to go to college and we're going to help you get there. We're going to take you that route. What do you want? Um, college readiness. You want to be able to get prepped in all those areas, help you take SATs and all those things, help you seek out schools. But then there's another kid who's like, I just want to be a plumber. All right. But back in the day, that was almost frowned upon if you were a painter or a plumber or a carpenter, like that was frowned upon, which is like, no, we need to celebrate every one of our young kids with what they desire to do. Let's help them get to the places that they want to get to. So now we have a track that takes them down if they want to just go and figure out occupations and they want to pick up a trade and do some different things. And then the third one is the military route. Some kids are just built to take the military route. And that's all right. We celebrate them. We walk with them and know that even while you're away, we're holding you down while you're here. While we're here and you're there, we're still holding you down. So again, I think it's showing up for the young people. And we, again, I use the whole idea is sports is not the end goal for us. It's really about, I want to hear the five-year testimony of what God took you through once you graduated out of Timoteo. And why I say five years is this. You've, we get you for four years that you're in high school. Once you graduate high school, now I want to hear what happens in the fifth and sixth and seventh year, because I want to see how God has impacted your life based off of what we poured into you. We want to give every kid who comes through Timoteo uh, almost like a book bag, not, not literally a book bag, but a book bag that we can resource them with, because I don't want any kid to come through our program and not get everything that they deserve. So we want to help you get to where you want to be, and in the midst of that, we want to lace it all in grace and we want to lace it all in the gospel. Definitely, definitely. Let me jump in real quick, DJ Coldplay. Um, so uh, I was thinking about, um, we, you talked about Tim Mateo and, but you're also doing, uh, uh, you're, you're involved with the, the Earth Foundation, um, you know, with Lisa and Zach Ertz and, uh, th that type of thing. And how, so how did that come about? What is that all about? And also, you know, leading into the house of hope, what is that, what is that going to be like? Yeah. So we, we met, uh, the Ertz foundation when we met Lisa and Zach and Julie, probably about three years ago. Um, they were actually about to do a big project down in North Philadelphia. 
Um, and as they were preparing to do that, we got invited to be uh, partners in what they were about to do at a, a, a project called the Glass House. And pandemic hits, rocks everything, finances get twisted. And it's interesting, and I tell Lisa, Lisa's on here, I believe, um, that night they were doing a, a groundbreaking and Zach was there and we didn't know each other. And actually, I didn't know Lisa at the time as well. And we were at this event and they say, hey, we can't, we're looking forward to partnering with Timoteo. And and I was there with a, another brother of mine, Gabe, uh, Pastor Gabe Wang Herrera. And I turned to Gabe and I said, did you have a conversation with them? Because I didn't. And we just didn't know how this was all going to play itself out. And that night I gave uh, Zach my card and just said, man, you know, I hope we can catch up one time sometime soon. And you know, season was coming about and things were happening. And that night, which is crazy, I, that night I was driving home. And as I, as I was driving home, the Lord put on my heart, um, be a friend to this family. That's all I got. That's all. And I, I, and I tell people, I don't walk around claiming God told me all I don't say it all. If God told me something, I'm like, oh, that was real. And God just put basic be a friend to this family. And I'm like, I'm never going to see this family again. What are you talking about? Like, just keep it moving, right? This guy is a superstar in the NFL and all these things. And about a month later, his mom, Lisa, uh, reached out to us and said, hey, we would love to meet with you guys. We looked you guys up, uh, Timoteo, and we want to support you. And from that point on, we met, we, we prepared to meet with her and talk about what we do as a business, um, as a program. And it turned into a, a three-hour conversation that had nothing to do with our program. It was really just being able to share the gospel with her and share life with her. And from that point, that was roughly three years ago to the date, um, we've been friends ever since. That is my sister um, and now Lisa attends Grace and Peace Church, uh, our church, Grace and Peace Fellowship. Uh, and we've become more family than anything else. From that point, they've supported Timoteo. Um, they've supported everything that we've done. And again, Lisa is a part of our community. Um, fast forward, pandemic hits and really rocks everybody, right? And changes everything. Uh, the Lord blessed us, grace and peace, with a building, the Cuts building, that was probably about a half a million dollar building. Um, and the Lord blessed us with that building for $10,000. Wow. Um, Bless us with that building for $10,000. Uh, but there was a lot of work that needed to be done. A lot of work that needed to be done. And in the midst of that work getting done, we were kind of talking about, well, you know, having a conversation with Lisa. And she said, well, what do you guys do with your players when you're not playing sports? And I said, well, we use our building. We use our church, um, especially in urban communities, right? You use your church for everything. Right. Everybody uses your building. Um, so they came over and said, hey, what do you think if we did some work here? And at that point, um, we just went about this partnership with the Earth's Foundation and Grace and Peace and then began to talk about our other partners that we actually serve with, whether it's Young Life Philadelphia, um, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, another uh, sister who does something called Sunday Love, which is providing food. And all of a sudden, what ended up happening was it felt like God brought the Avengers together. Right. All of these people who do all these things. So remember what I said, we use sports to impact 
to engage and impact young people in a holistic way. Well, we didn't provide everything. And then God all of a sudden began to provide the pieces for us to do this holistic ministry. Um, and the Earth Foundation, Lisa leading the charge said, we're going to raise money and we're going to fix this building. And praise God, she um, went out and, and got people on board and they raised uh, over a million dollars to, to, to renovate our building. And right now we're in the middle of renovations. Um, and what's happening with that is that, Lord willing, we would use this building. We're calling it the Grace and Peace uh, House of Hope. And the hope the the hope in this is that we would bring and restore hope back to a community into a city that has really been broken and now feels hopeless. Um, so we as a church right now are going through a study uh, through Nehemiah and the whole idea of the rebuilding the walls was this idea of restoring hope to the people. And we have been praying, we've been planning and we are being rebuilding. And it's interesting as we walk um, side by side through the scripture, we're seeing this actually happen at our building. So pray for us that the building will be open uh, this early spring and we will be using that building to do all these holistic ministries to a community and to all the kids that we serve. So this will be, and again, my hope is that this will be a, a, a church that's open seven days a week. I've never seen that done, but a building that will be open seven days a week that will provide a Wi-Fi cafe because we don't have that in the hood, um, that you can just come, chop it up, have meetings, and have access to Wi-Fi, drink coffee, and just be. Uh, but then also having a student center, leadership center on the second floor that will really be more used uh, for tutoring, for workshops, for resources, for families teaching our people how to buy homes in their own community, uh, right? To be stakeholders there. And then our church offices there. So all this is happening every day during the week. And then we can say, yo, come back on Sunday. Cause we, we worship on Sunday morning. Man, that's, that's, that's all that. Go ahead. Go ahead, CK. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Get it in. Go ahead. Jump in. Oh, no, man. You look, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. That's just, that's all that. I mean, the, the, the testimony, the, the story, you know, the just how, you know, when we put God first, you know, it, it, it's scripture coming to life, you know, seek ye first yeah. the kingdom mm -hmm. and all these things will be added. Um, reminds me, of, you know, what my grandma used to say or my mom used to say, sorry, um, you know, you got to catch the fish before you clean it mm -hmm. and, and, and mm -hmm. see, if, you know, and, and that's. You know, man, I'm just I, I'm sitting here. It's, it's it's like wow, man. It's it's to hear it. You know, I, I hope that others are feeling how I'm feeling, mm -hmm. and and that's like, how can I get involved? You mm -hmm. know, mm -hmm. I, and let me you know, say I'll, this: it, it it's really the it's the whole idea of Acts two really playing itself out, mm -hmm. right? Because going back to the whole, and I think um, uh, uh, Marquisa asked this question: the whole idea. Well, what does the church do? When the church begins to take the act to the Acts 2 reputation and resemble what Acts 2 was, it said they got together every day. They got together every day and they fellowshiped and they opened up the word and they prayed and they broke bread and they did all these things. And it says that no one was ever in need. They provided every single thing. They should they took the holistic approach. And that's why at the end of that text was to say. The Lord grew to the, grew their numbers daily, right? 
So it was about the quality in which they gave, and the quality was really a spiritual quality that they gave. Amen. Amen. Man, you, Pastor Rob, you have provided hope. <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, man, you've provided so much, man, through the testimony, through the through the the birthing and uh, you know, the through the birthing of Timoteo and uh man, it's it's really a lot, man. It's it's really a lot, man. Um you know, now we already kind of segue into it, but just to kind of rock, can you introduce what we're what we're already talking about? Can you just go ahead and introduce that so we can just continue on the conversation? Yeah, man, this is uh, this has been fire, fire uh, episode so far, man. Um, so we, you know, obviously we've been talking about the youth, uh, brother Mark Mark Ski. Uh, <laughs> mm. Uh, but yeah, we've been talking about the youth. We've been talking about you know things like Timoteo um, and everything that's that's going on. And the the question would be, how do we connect to today's youth? And that that is, we as the church uh, in particular, how do we connect with today's youth? We know that they go through a lot of different things, and it's just, it's getting worse and worse with the violence, with the uh, just no regard for, for life. Um, you know, it's just getting uh, out of control. And I think we, like you said, we already touched on it earlier about, you know, they just need, they just want somebody to, to tell them that they love them and know that they love them. Um, and so, yeah, that's, so that's the question for everybody. Like what, how do we connect to the youth? And, and I mean, just to go further before you uh, jump into that, Pastor Ron, is, you know, because like I said, we're 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 different. We're older now. And we know that the way that we got drawn into was a little bit different because let's just face it. Twenty twenty two. These youth different today. Like they different. <laughs> they very different. So, you know, they're not like how we were and they shouldn't be because they're a new breed. But, um, you know. I guess, <clears throat> and I guess I'll just go ahead and just throw my question in there, mm-hmm. you know, then, then you can, we can just kind of just go right on into it. So being as being as though you were born and raised in Philly as a resident, you know, knowing the culture, especially Philly culture, because, you know, we are most all of us here are, have been born and raised in Philly. I was born and raised in North, more towards the Strawberry Mansion air, area. Mm-hmm. So that's where I came from. But, you know, being as a resident, being a resident of Philly and knowing the culture, um, and serving, what is what in your opinion, Pastor, is the most effective way to draw youth to Christ in today's climate, though? In today's climate, what is the most effective way to draw youth in today's climate? Yeah, I think being very um, living a life of a contextual gospel, um, and understand what I mean by that. So when Paul says, "I become all things to all men, so that some will come to believe." There's something about when Paul is saying that Paul never changes his message. He never changes or compromises the gospel. So what I mean by that is Paul never not told the truth. He he always spoke the truth, which was the gospel message of love, of repentance, of submission. But what Paul did was he contextualized it based on who he was talking to right? The delivery needed to be changed. And I think as we're dealing with the culture today and dealing with the kids today, I think coming to them in a place in which they are, 
without changing the message, uh, the, the true message of the gospel. So it's really meeting them on their playing field. Let's be real. Um, those The kids off the block aren't necessarily walking into our churches anymore. I heard someone tell me the other day, they were talking about um, Secret Snoopy or something like that that used Super to come Snoopy. through. And I, I I never heard about it, right? But the school bus Man, that went so through bad. the community <laughs> and right. just threw all these kids in a bus and then shared the gospel with them. You're not doing that today. Like, that's just not going to happen. I ain't letting you take my kid, right? And I, when they coming back, who are you, right? Everybody got to have clearances. But there's something about, are we going to the places in which our kids are hanging? Are we going to the places in which they feel comfortable, right? It's, t- it's totally different. Not where we feel comfortable in our pews or in our church buildings, but we're going to where they feel comfortable and now we're entering into life with them. We're living life with them. And again, coming back to the consistency. Now, what, you know, and, and I think some either Young Life or FCA uses this earn the right to be heard idea is that I'm going to spend some time with you so that I can speak into your life so that you can hear the gospel. And I think then we begin to see transformation happen. Now, here's the, here's the twist, though. They still mean that come to your church. They still may not show up at your church. So what do you do? You take church to them, right? So one thing that Timoteo does and talks about is we just made the the field a part of the sanctuary. I would not say that the field or the basketball court is our sanctuary. I think it's an extension of the greater sanctuary. And now what happens is now I can share devotions with you. Why? because we're about to play sports and now you have to enter into this. And I think then as you begin to inch and having and opening up some doors for them to truly hear the gospel in their comfort spaces, then I think you begin to see hearts that will be transformed and begin to submit to the Lord. They may not look like we looked. They may not show up to a choir rehearsal and different things of that sort. But now if we are truly seeing great commission work, right? He says, go. He doesn't say come. Right. So if the go is that means, man, I may not feel comfortable there. But you know what? Do I trust that when God says I will never leave you nor forsake you? Do I trust that he says that I will be with you? Do we trust all those things? And if we trust that as believers, as stronger believers, then no, we will go into some uncomfortable places and begin to share the gospel and hearts will be changed right then and there. Man, that's that's really good, man. I mean, that's 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 the question. That's all the questions I have. <laughs> but uh, if Rob, CK, if y'all have any questions, man, like let's let's get them firing, man. What the com? What the what the chat talking about? You on mute, bro? Here we go. All right, uh, we we got a lot of a lot of good comments there. Um, going back for a while. Um, Whew. Sister Cole says it's all about what you put into the kids' hands at a young age. Mm-hmm. Most of us play sports in their hands rather than books or instruments. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, Pastor Rob kind of addressed that um, just from a cultural standpoint. You know, it was looked at as a way out, um, a way to get out of the, you know, way to get out of the hood, way to, you know, make it big. Mm-hmm. Uh, man. Uh, we got a lot of amens and some fire and agreements there um, going on. Um, you know, Brother Ron, sports is also one of the cheapest 
and fastest mm. ways to reach kids, you know, yeah. definitely, man. You know what? You know, Nerf ball wasn't but about five dollars back <laughs> in the day. <laughs> That's right. Facts. You know, facts. No, Pastor Ross said that crate, man. They used to chase us from the store all the time. Put <laughs> <laughs> my milk crates back. Like, yeah, man. Yeah. Milk crate, play football, pole to pole. Man, yeah. um, yes. Uh, like I said, a lot of amens. Uh, man, Ron is just giving us a lot of good stuff. You know, coaches teach lessons. Hmm. Um, they are the last of the mentors in the black communities. I still remember what my track coach taught me that overlapped into real life, and that was over. 30 years mm. ago. Oh, man. You know, yeah. Coaches, you know, play a big part. Uh, you know, inspiring story. You know, God's favor. Yeah, that 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 $500,000 building for 10, you know, that's that's a favor. <laughs> yeah. That's that's, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not even that's not even a tax bill right there. That's, that's <laughs> Oh, man. You know, like I said, man, I, I remember walking past that building all the time. I used to go to Nice Town Boys and Girls Clubs. So I used yeah. to go past that. Marcus Foster, all that yeah. used to walk past there to get down that end. So yeah, yeah I, I know exactly where you guys are. Um, you know, yes, God is so good. He's mm. awesome. Uh, you know, it's it's the uh meeting them where they are. Yeah. Um yes, um uh, Josu Garcia says incarnational. Mm. All right. Yeah, and he, he he has a question. What are some of the methods that the church has? to uh incentivize young boys and men to stay out the street money oh that's, that's real that's and tough yeah. that's real so let me tell you this story real quick so i i show up to a game and most of the kids know me right um and i show up to this game and when i show up this guy one of the kids and he's one of our older kids probably 18 or so um is just gets penalized he i don't know he fouled somebody whatever but he's going off like he's snapping. He's snapping on a coach. He's snapping on players. He's snapping on the ref and everything else. And I'm like, yo, yo, let me let me talk to you just for a second. And he walks up to me. He's like, yo, oh, hey, I, you don't know me like that. And I was like, no, nah, I don't know you. And he didn't know who I was. And I was like, but let me holler at you for a second. And he's like, no, nah. I was like, what's happening? What's going on? And he says, no, you don't understand. He's like, I could be on the block right now making so much money but I choose to be here. He's like, but I choose to be here. And I'm like, so why do you choose to be here then versus being on a block? He said, because when I'm here, I feel safe. And all of a sudden I, I just it. don't feel like they're treating me fair. But what I took from that, I said, but there's probably about a hundred of him saying the same thing out here on this field, right? They feel safe here even though that they don't see the bigger picture or the bigger overarching uh, banner that's over them, that's caring for them, that's loving them. They're at this place. Why? Because they see and sense a place of refuge, even if they can't identify it as refuge, right? That this is a place of peace that all of a sudden that they can be cared for. And I think that's the thing that draws them in. And a lot of the kids, what's the incentives? They feel a part of a, 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 of a, a, a fraternity. Like they call it a fraternity. And I'm just like, wow. So it's just something to be, to carry the banner or to carry the badge of, yo, I'm a part of Timoteo. To be in West Philly and see people rocking Timoteo gear, to see people in the Northeast rocking Timoteo gear. And they all are like, yo, yo, yeah, I'm a part of that too. And the incentive is go back to what I'm saying. They just want somebody to love them 
a lot of our kids turn to the streets because the streets gives them this false love. But all of a sudden, what we're trying to do is give them an eternal love that Timoteo is just carrying the banner really for Jesus. It's not about you, yo, just because you're part of Timoteo. Well, Timoteo represents so much more than the sport. We represent, uh, we represent the King of Kings, right? So that's what this thing is more about. And that's the incentive. Yeah, that's really, really good. I, I love that. I love that. I love that because I was looking at that question. I was like, oof. But, you know, the way that you you brought that story, it kind of just wrapped it all up in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> all right, Bishop-elect. All right. All right. We got elevation. We got, excuse me, we got elevation happening on Culture Gang. Come on here. Come on here. The Lord just called Pastor Rob on higher. <laughs> come through. Come through, Jose. Come through. I'm sorry if I'm saying your wrong name. Please forgive me. Josue. Josue. Come through, Josue. Come on here. You prophesying. Come on here. I told you. Told you God come through sometime, man. Come on. <laughs> we allow the Holy Spirit to come on through. <laughs> but yeah, definitely, man. It, yo. Man, the, the vehicle of Timoteo was such a powerful vehicle, man. And, um, Please take this moment to, to 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 give the information on how to get to Timoteo. You know, give them the website, give them the information, man. Give them, give them, give them everything, man, because this is something yeah. that is worth sharing. This is how this is the this is this right here. This is bridging the gap right here. Yeah. This is why this this is why this is the theme of this season because this conversation right here with Pastor Rob and Timoteo, this is how we bridge the cap, bridge bridge the gap from culture. <laughs> From uh from the culture in the street to the Christian culture, man. I'm telling you, it's just just like that. This is the bridge, man. We we have vehicles like Timoteo that bridge the gap for us, man. That teaches us, hey man, listen, you don't have to be out there doing this. We got somewhere safe for you to come. We got somewhere safe for you to be. We got something to put in your hands. And on the back end, which may seem like the back end, you're getting Jesus. Yeah. You're getting Jesus on the back end. So please, Pastor Rob, please mm -hmm. give all the information out. Yeah, yeah, I just put it in the chat. Yeah, check us out at www.timotelsports.org. And then, yeah, you can hit us up on YouTube, man. We, we, my, our AV team is amazing. These guys put out top tens like we ESPN every week. <laughs> like, um, we were just blessed just to kind of share some other things that we do. Again, we just took uh, 150 kids and parents up to LBC, Lancaster Bible College because we have a partnership with them and they allow us to use their gym for the whole Saturday. Uh, we do college tours. Um, why? Because we, one thing I'm very huge on is um, I want exposure uh, and not just exposure to who we are. I want our kids to be exposed to things that they can have, that they can go to. A lot of our kids will never walk on a college campus. Well, we want to expose them to this. Here's an opportunity. So we are a partner with about three different colleges um, LBC, Lancaster Bible College, and hopefully Eastern very soon, um, where we can get our kids scholarships, full ride scholarships to go to those schools if they participate in Timoteo. Um, the whole idea is, again, that's the holistic approach. We deal with families um, who English is their second language, or they don't even speak English, they're just Spanish speaking. Um, so we try to help and bridge the gap between the parents in the school we had a kid who got offered to go to Chestnut Hill um, to go play ball. I think it's Division Three. And what happened was his parents didn't speak Spanish. Uh, his, his parents only spoke Spanish, couldn't 
<laughs> dialogue with the financial aid office. And basically I almost got their kid roped into like a $10,000 bill that he just wouldn't be able to pay. So we were able to intervene, uh, right. And be the conduit in which we can work through to help the parents understand because we have Spanish speakers. So again, when I say we step into all of life, we step into all of life, um, food counseling. Again, I, I passed the grace and peace, but I really passed the Timoteo. Um, so our staff, our coaches, and then kids and families, whoever need. Uh, and the one thing that we are crying out for is that we would get more pastors and more um, just churches who would really have a heart, right? Because the harvest is plenty. So we call it walking the lines. I'm not asking you to come and share anything. I'm just asking you just hang. You may just want to bring a case of water just to bless a team, or you just want to hand out pretzels and water ice. Just be there because sometimes we get so caught up in ministry we forget the ministry of presence, right? The ministry of presence is like, you ain't got to say a word, just show up, just be there. And I think that will speak for itself. And I think that will change lives. Mm. All right, y'all. Y'all know where to go, man. Check out timotailsports.org, man, for all the information. I'm telling you, this is a worthy cause. You heard the story. You heard the testimony, man. You heard it, man. Look at what God is doing in Philly. In Philly, man, we are all born and raised. We are all products from Philly. <laughs> I'm thinking about uh, I'm thinking about the Bible verse where um, where they was talking about Jesus. Can anything good come from Nazareth? <laughs> come on, right? Can anything good come from Nazareth? Yes, the Savior came from Nazareth. Look, can anything come good? Good come from North Philly? You got four examples right in front of your screen. Absolutely. Come on here, man. I feel good. Let me shut up. <laughs> Let me shut on up. But definitely, listen, man. Uh, CK, Rod, y'all, y'all go ahead because I, I feel some stern. So let me shut up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, I'm sorry, CK. You want to go? Okay. Yeah. Um. It's not really much, too much to add to that, <laughs> as far as answering the question of like what you know, and uh, you know how to reach the youth. Um. You know, I disagree with what Rob was saying, you know, especially um, just being uh, authentic. You know, we talked about this, you know, a couple of episodes back, you know, mm. like people want to know if you're real. You know what I mean? Like, because they can see through it. The youth can see through it for sure. Yeah. And as soon as that is that's detected, it's like, I can't I can't rock with that. You know what I mean? Mm. So I think the 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 one of the biggest things is for the church to just be authentic and real and not hide anything um, and be real human beings. You know what I mean? Cause that, you know, they need to see that we, we are, we came from where they come from, you know what I mean? And there's no difference between us and them, you know? And I think that's just one of the ways that we could uh, just speak their language, like you said. Um, mm. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. And our Timoteo really comes from Second Timothy two, and I'll read this to you. It's we, and this is kind of our mission statement and our scripture point is Second uh, Timothy two one and two. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, in the things that you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, and trust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. 
Um, so we really stand on that. Um, again, as older Paul's trying to raise up young Timothy's, and if you ever see our, um, and you'll see it on our website, our logo, which Ron Tinsley made our, our logo years ago, uh, is this idea of this older man passing off a torch to a younger man. Uh, and we're hoping that we will continue to immobilize, uh, yeah, the next uh, next disciples that would change the world, man. Man, the, uh, Pastor, Pastor Ron, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Man, thank you so much, man, for giving us your time today. I'm sorry, CK, do you want to say anything before we try to, you know, wrap it up? No, no, we're we're good. We're good. good. Blessed. Blessed, yeah. yes. Amen. Man, Pastor, we appreciate your time, man. Um, Like I said, y'all go check out TimoteoSports.org, man. This is exactly why this is bridging the gap. You know, between Timoteo Sports, Culture Gang Podcast, this is what we're trying to do, bridge the gap. We're trying to bridge the gap, man. You're looking at, um, outside of Pastor Ryan, you're looking at three dudes, man, that just want to have good conversation to help you see that, hey, we're just like you. Just mm -hmm. like Ross said, we're just like you, man. The only difference is we have an advocate with the Father. We bring all our mm -hmm. problems to him. <laughs> That's all. We bring mm -hmm. our problems to him. He take the burdens off of us. We go back to living, you know. Mm -hmm. But, um, man, this has been a great, great episode, man. Once again, please, please check out TimoteoSports.org. Please invest into this. If you have kids in that area, in the North Philly, uh, North Philly area down Hunting Park, Go check him out. Matter of fact, Pastor, uh, drop the service times and everything for everybody, too, as well. So somebody may be looking for a church home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now we're meeting in our temporary home at uh, Joy in the City, which is, I think it's 4455, uh, 4455 North 6th Street, uh, Joy in the City. You can Google that. Um, and right now it's Grace and Peace Community Fellowship Church. And again, Lord willing, we will be in our building at 1300 West Hunnam Park um this coming spring uh again just sharing the gospel in a holistic way man looking for hearts to be transformed for the kingdom amen man amen listen man i i think i think i'm gonna just go ahead and step out on the limb and say culture gang we're gonna try to be a, be there for the opening man we're gonna try to be there for the opening man the support i'm talking about the support man the support if we can man we will be there if i gotta shut my service down like look man we going over here we're gonna go hang with pastor rob for the day you know <laughs> We're going to go ahead and celebrate him because, <clears throat> excuse me, that's what we want to do, man. We want to celebrate each other, man. We want to, um, you know, we want to show love to each other, man. Why? Because the Bible says what? We will be known by what? Our love yeah. for one another. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, you know, I could go on and on and on, man, and I don't want to, man. But um, mm, man. the Eagles game is on right now. So, you know, we all we all decked out. Pastor Rob got the Eagles hoodie on. I got the hat on. You know, we all representing, man. But um, we love y'all, man. Thank you for every comment, for every uh, uh, like, share, subscribe. Thank you, man. Look. This is these are the types of shows that you need to share because you never know what impact is going to have on somebody. Right. So mm -hmm. this is the type of thing that we need to be pushing. This is how we bridge the gap, man. TimoteoSports.org, CultureGang.org. No, it's not. Uh, Culture Gang, <laughs> it's coming soon. It is coming soon. We definitely are working on the website, so it's coming very, very soon. Um, but if you have any any suggestions, if you have any uh uh. uh uh, suggestions for the show. If you want to holler at us about some prayer requests, whatever, man. Culture Gang three one. Hey, thank you. Culture Gang three one six at gmail dot com. That's how you get in contact with us. Um, 
if you want to find out more about Timoteo Sports, you can definitely just jump on over to timoteosports.org. And this is Culture Gang, man. We are gang gang. We signed out, man. Pastor Rob, thank you so much once again. Thank you so, so much. Also, we enjoyed it. Real quick. Real quick, I know you <laughs> see, see, see how Rob be doing. See, see how Rob do us. See, I just see? didn't want to miss this part. Just you know, absolutely, we, we appreciate you, Rob, and, and just coming on and just uh, just blessing us. And also, uh, like you said, Anchor, all the audio platforms that we yes. have, Culture Gang. And if you would like to support in any way, we yes. still have a Patreon. Yes, um, yes, we do. I'm sorry, my bad. No, it's on all of us. We don't re. re- you know, we don't even really be mentioning it like that. Uh, but, yeah, we do have a Patreon. And so we, if you like what you're hearing, please support, not just with Patreon, but subscribe to YouTube, view it, share it, like you said. Um, and I, that's it for me. <laughs> Come on, CK. Close us out, bro. Look, man, it's great show tonight, fellas. You know, thank you, Pastor Rob, once again, for just sharing so much information. Um, and, and there was stuff. You know, I was, I was thinking about, you know, pre-production. There was stuff that we didn't even touch yet, um, you know, that we didn't get on. Um, I wanted to ask a question earlier because um, I know there's something coming too, up. Bro. I'll come yeah, back you know, Say less. Say exactly. <laughs> Say it, less. It, 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 consider it done, sir. <laughs> <laughs> consider it done. You know, you know, just tonight was a good show. You know, we thank all of our um supporters subscribers you know likers followers whatever it is we're not calling y'all gang members but we're still working on that <laughs> uh, <laughs> our culture family uh as my wife is hollering in the background uh we're still getting to that, I like that one, but, culture family that, that's, culture that's family you know oh big rod and he done put in his vote yeah he uh, put his vote in <laughs> the general has voted so uh <laughs> just looking forward to it man we, we just appreciate mm-hmm. it and, you know, you know, DJ Coldplay, throw it back to you. Take us home, sir. All right, y'all, man. This is Culture Game, man. Um, thank y'all once again, man. No more need to be said. Y'all go ahead and, and get off, go watch the Eagles game, because that's what I'm about to do. Uh, <laughs> and I know what Pastor Rob's about to do. So, um, yeah, man, this is Culture Game. Thank you so much, man. We will see y'all in a few weeks. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. gang. Yeah. All right.